there. Welcome to Warm Fuzzies, a podcast from Daily Pause. I'm your host, Carmen Hotchkiss. This is the final episode of our season, and we couldn't think of a better send-off than sharing with you one of the most heartwarming and unique fuzzy tales that we've come across. It features today's guest, Sarah Bowen of Boston, Massachusetts. Sarah is a runner, and this past October, she competed in the Chicago Marathon. She'd been prepping for this race for a year, and just her luck, it was a near perfect day in Chicago for the 26.2 mile race. Sunny and in the low 50s, but something even more special was in store on the course for Sarah and it wasn't clocking her personal best, although she was on track for that too. Right around mile 20, right when runners are feeling the pain of this long course and doing all they can to push their body through to the finish line, Sarah spotted a tiny white and black fur ball off to the side of the road. Just keep running or stop. Sarah didn't have to think twice about what to do next. Here we have Sarah Bowen with us today. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Carmen. How are you? I'm great. Where are you today? I'm in my apartment. I live in Beacon Hill in Boston. I'm very excited. We're really pleased to have you. Although you're in Boston, Mm -hmm. this story that we're going to talk about takes place in Chicago, right? During the Chicago Marathon. You are correct. All right. So tell us what took you to Chicago? Why are you running a marathon in Chicago? I've been a runner my whole life. I've always enjoyed it. I've never done marathon distance running, though. That is a whole nother animal. And so for me... I started to get a little bit of the marathon itch. And I historically, hearing friends who run Chicago, it's one that you can get in pretty easily with the lottery. And so I was like, maybe I should just sign up for this one and see how the training goes. So I put my name in the lottery. I didn't get in. I was like, okay, I'm visualizing myself in Chicago. What other ways can I get into this race? And when I looked on the website, there's so many charities that you can run for and it gives you an entry to run the race. And the one that stood out to me was Team Paws, because it's an amazing animal welfare organization that rescues cats and dogs and rehomes them. It's one of the largest in Chicago, and their mission just spoke to me, because I have two rescue cats of my own, and I've grown up with cats and dogs my whole life. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to raise money for this charity. And this is your first marathon? This was my second marathon. second marathon. Okay. But when I signed up for it, I had never run one before. Got it. Got it. Yes, because it's a whole year process. You have to be really committed to running a marathon when you sign up and raise money for charity over a year. So I'm like, all right, I got to do it. So this ended up being my second. My first was in May of the same year. So when I got to the start line, okay, perfect weather. I'm ready. And then I find a cat <laughs> mile 20. <laughs> so the marathon is 26 miles, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So you're at mile 20. Mm-hmm. And how are things going up to that point? You know, I was feeling great through mile 14. I start to feel really tired three quarters of the way through. So I'm starting to slow down a bit, refreshing my legs. I know that from talking with people who run many marathons, mile 20 is when the race starts. You have a 10K left, and that's when you need to kick it into gear and just start going. Really concentrate 
on the run. Really concentrate. Exactly. Exactly. You have to tune inwards. You have to be really mindful of the fact that your body's hurting. You're not really thinking of a lot of things aside from the pain that your legs are in in every step. And you're just like, okay, I have X number of minutes left. I have X number of miles left and I'm almost there. And you can hear the crowd getting more excited. And so I started to have that mindset shift of like, all right, I got to tune in now. All right. Yeah. I'm tuned in. I'm all in on this. I am going to finish this race. How was your time at this point? I was hitting my goal pace. Again, it's a world major. So the crowd just carries you through this whole race to begin with, which also means that you're pushing pace a little bit. You're starting to get tired more quickly because of how exciting it is. So I'm hitting mile 20. And because I started to get a little bit more tired trying to refresh my legs for the last 10K, I moved over to the left side of the course where I'm running in the bike lane, which allowed me to see this cat on the side. (laughs) And then the race completely shifted for me. I would never have expected this. So describe describe the cat as you see it. You know, it's funny because at this point in the race, at mile 20, you're not really able to process a lot of things because you're starting to have tunnel vision. And I say it's funny because when I saw this little white fluffy thing, I immediately knew it was a cat. It wasn't some kind of something on the side of the course. You see a lot of things. People are throwing water bottles. There's a lot of trash and garbage. And and I think we had gone underneath a highway. So it was darker. It felt like a tunnel um, as it was just a bridge overhead. So I don't know how I immediately saw that this was a cat because it was just this white little fluffy, tiny, tiny thing. So it's a kitten even, not a a cat. What kind of shape was this kitten in? What was he doing? From a distance, I was on the left side, so I had seen this cat probably from 10 feet away. And he was, at this point, I didn't even know if it was a boy or a girl, but he was just running along the side of the sidewalk, pushed up against the wall, really looked so scared. And with the volume in the tunnel of people yelling and the echoing of the runners, I see this cat cry, but it was silent because it was so loud, but it was also so small that... He was just looking around, seeing how many people there were. I've never seen a cat look so terrified in my life. And it broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, it's breaking my heart right now, just, just thinking about it. And so what do you do? You're on a race. You're on a mission here. Mm-hmm. But kitten, what happens next? I remember slowing down. I didn't fully pivot to pick this little one up because I just was trying to process. I'm like, why is there a cat here? I try to look around. Like, is there, is there someone who's, who's lost their cat? Is there a mom here? Like, where's the other, where are the other kittens? Cause I know that there's probably a litter. Um, I remember I see this woman who's walking along with a sidewalk underneath the tunnel, probably cheering on one of her friends or family members. And she notices the cat too. And I look and I'm like, oh, okay, good. Someone's going to help the cat. And she looked at it and walked right past it. And then I just, at that point, I'm like, my, my cat mama instincts kicked in. I was like, nope, this, this is my baby now. And so while I was walking over, I just remember thinking, if I stop now, I am not finishing this race in the way that I intended in terms of prepping and training and visualizing what I need to do to get that time and to cross that enormous, beautiful finish line. And I was like, Sarah, you're going to give that up if you stop. And it was a no-brainer. Like, this was bigger than that at that point. The race wasn't about me. It was about this little baby who's hunkering down in a pile of leaves. And even if I wanted to finish the race, there was no way I could without helping this little one. 
Right now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll hear what Sarah did next with that tiny kitten. Plus, who else came to their aid? Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to Daily Pause Presents Warm Fuzzies. So you pick the kitten up. Yeah, I go over. The closer I got, the smaller I realized he was. Because I've had rescue cats of my own. The adoption age is around... 13 weeks or so, and they're a couple pounds. I thought he was one pound. So I go over and I'm trying to (laughs) make sure he doesn't run into the crowd or doesn't run away from me. And then this other runner, I still have my headphones and music still blasting. Like I'm still partially in race mode. This other runner who I have never met, right? (laughs) She comes over and crouches down with me and she's like, let me help you. So she helps corner the cat so I can pick him up. And at that point, I pick him up very gently. So I kind of just scoop him up and then I introduce myself to this other runner and she's like, we're, we're going to rehome this cat. This is what we're going to do. And I'm like, but you're sacrificing your time. So we just start walking along the course and we're both just processing. This cat looked like in rough shape. It was clearly a stray. Yeah, this is not a cat that wandered out, you know, from his warm, safe home somewhere. He's been living on the street. So you're walking the race now. Mm-hmm. And you've got this cat in your hands and you're just saying, anybody want a cat? (laughs) (laughs) You know, to put it plainly, yes. (laughs) So I'm I'm walking along the course, Gia, the girl who had stopped with me. So she's like, we're going to find someone along the side of the course to take this little one. And there's so many people along the course. So we have asked every single spectator who initially just looked at us and was like, what's going on? We're like, do you, do you want a cat? We asked about 15 plus people. I don't even know. I think everything was blurring at this point. I'm thinking about how he doesn't have food. His eardrums must be just so overwhelmed because of the crowd and the noise. And now he's in someone's str- in a stranger's arms. And He's maybe never been held before. Right, exactly. I remember thinking to myself before we actually did find someone to take care of the cat. I was like, I might just need to drop out of this race and take this cat to a vet in a city that I don't know. I was like, I think this is it for me. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> We've done like, this is our whole, this is our job. This is our experience now. But you didn't, you didn't end up dropping out of the race. No. So what happened next? So we're walking along and we continue to ask every spectator and everyone's like, I don't think we can, or I'm not sure how to take care of a cat. And so we ended up walking past Andrea Maldonado. Well, I know her name now, but before knowing her name, she was just a compassionate stranger on the course who was so enthusiastic. She stepped right forward and was like, I am a pet lover. 
myself. I have two cats of my own. I am a mom. I will take this baby. Like she just gave you her resume. Immediately. She's like, yes, 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 yes. I will take him. Excited as I was, I started to get very protective. And I've known this cat for all of 11 minutes because that's how long the my mile time was. (laughs) Um, And I remember asking her about five times. I'm like, do you promise to care for this cat? This cat needs a vet. Do you promise me that you will love and care for him? Like, I don't know this woman and I don't know this cat. And now he is my whole heart. (laughs) I'm not going to give him to just anyone because I felt like my responsibility was also to give this cat a good home, even if it wasn't with me. And She's like, I promise. And I felt from the way that I handed her the cat, I I knew just in that handoff, in that exchange, just she picked him up so gentle. Like she cradled him in the exact same way I was. And I was like, okay, that gives me the security that I needed to be able to feel like she can care for him. So in that moment, that exchange was just so loving. And she just looked me in the eye and was like, I will take care of him. And so then you're ready to finish a race. Oh, right. I still need to run the rest of the race. (laughs) (laughs) What was I here for again? Oh, I know. And I guess to put this into context a bit too, I was going into this race a little bit injured. And so my physical therapist has told me to never stop, squat, sit down, or walk because it will exasperate my injury. And I squatted down to pick him up and I stood back up and I'm like, I think my race is over. (laughs) So when we started to run again, G and I were both like, wow, this is, we were elevated by the joy and the compassion and that whole interaction. And we were in awe, we were in shock. We're like, did this just happen? This is such a beautiful experience. And I'm glad that she thought to even grab her phone to take pictures because I was just in crisis mode. So we were talking, did we just experience this as we start to jog again? And we're like, wow, our legs really hurt because <laughs> we just walked for a mile and our body was like, all right, that's, that's your whole race. You're done. We're done. <laughs> and we ended up walk running the rest of it because of, because of how it was hard to start back up. We ended up supporting each other throughout the rest of the race. So you get almost to the finish line mm. and um maybe you guys had one more uh piece of aid to <laughs> to give out before you got there uh tell me about that a little bit yeah i remember at mile 25 i looked on my watch and i told gia i'm like gia if we if we run the rest of this race if we just push through we have one mile left we could boston qualify just to have that time stamp of going under 3.30, three hours and 30 minutes. It's just, it feels, it, it's just such a beautiful feeling. So I'm like, we can make it. It's an incredible accomplishment. We, uh, we're like, we, we can make it, we can make it. And she's like, okay, let's let's go for it. Let's try. And as we're running, I notice this girl who, if you've ever seen anyone run towards the end of the race and their legs give out. It's a scary thing to witness. She was trying to stand up. She was so close to the finish line. I'm looking at the time. I see that we're, I think it was three hours, 29 minutes and 30 seconds. And I'm like, we can do it. We can make that 30 second mark. And this girl uh, just start stumbling. And I'm like, again, same experience I had with grabbing the cat. It was just a no brainer. And so 
I just went over and put her arm around me. Gia did the same thing. It, basically same experience as Casper, where she just stopped, sacrificed her race. Immediately, no question, went over, put her other arm around her. And we walked, ran her through the finish line. And we didn't even think about our time. We ended up connecting with her afterwards. And she's like, I wouldn't have been able to do that without you. I heard her saying a while ago, if you've ever, if you ever feel any question in humanity, just go and spectate a marathon. And it rings true, not only for the spectators, but for the runners as well. It's a time where we're all experiencing the same thing together. And it's about that shared experience and that human connection that is bigger than just the time. That's incredibly beautiful. What was your final time? We did 3.31, three hours and 31 minutes. A pretty amazing time. I mean, no matter what, but like <laughs> with the end, I stopped to rescue a cat and a human being. You should get uh, extra medals for that or something. Well, I mean, I get to share this story with you now. So the race is over. Mm -hmm. What what happens then? Like what happens? Your life has kind of changed a little bit on a whole bunch of fronts here. Yes. And this wasn't something that I had processed immediately after. I was more concerned about getting water, a medal, and a banana. <laughs> so that was my focus at that point. <laughs> so I dropped my bag off at the team pause check-in. And I'm like, okay, I need to go get my bag because I need to grab my clothes and I need to change out of my race shoes. And so I just walk in and they're like, oh, congratulations. I'm like, you wouldn't understand what I just experienced. Gia had thankfully shared the pictures of the exchange with the cat with me. So I was like, this is just what happened. Oh my gosh. And then I ended up walking away and I'm messaging my friends and all these people just come over genuinely. Like they're like, we need to know more. Can you share the pictures with us? I'm like, oh yes, I can. Not thinking anything of this. And then after the race, I meet up with my friends and I get a call from Team Paws and they're like, can you get on an interview with CBS tonight? I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm just trying to process all of this and recover my legs. Eat my banana. Right. And they're like, we want to share this story. And I'm like, this is a story to be shared. And they're like, it is. So you get interviewed by CBS, uh, you know, as you do after you run your, your second marathon. Um, how did you end up getting reconnected with the woman who accepted your cat? in the middle of the race. Yes. This is where social media is just this beautiful experience. So it was posted about with the picture of the handoff of me giving the cat to Andrea. And her cousin commented and was like, that's my cousin and tagged her in the post. And I remember just scrolling through because I was getting notifications since I was tagged in the original post on Instagram. And then I looked and it was Andrea and I recognized her immediately, like just by her profile picture on Instagram. And I messaged team pause. I was like, I think I found the woman who, who I gave the cat to. And I remember messaging her and just saying, oh my gosh, I was the crazy cat runner who gave you this stray cat. And she's like, oh my gosh. And so we start connecting through that. Gia and I were already connected through social media. I ended up connecting with um, Alex, the girl that we had helped walk through the finish line. So we're all connected on social media now because of this shared experience that ended up going global. What did you learn about the cat who now has a name? Oh, yes. His name is Casper. And I was able to connect with her and Team Paws did too. 
And so Paul Chicago actually had given Casper his first checkup and covered the bill for that. So this was all this beautiful interconnected experience. She named him Casper because he has a little ghost face on his head where it looks like he's all white cat and he has two um, black or dark gray spots and like a little ghost mouth on his head. And she had sent me that photo of him. And that's why they named him Casper. It was also like in October around Halloween and just seeing the photos of how his personality has just come out in this beautiful way. He's sitting with her, her youngest son. He's sitting on the lap of her husband. He's nuzzled up in the arms of the dog. I think they have a golden retriever is what I remember. You can barely see him, but you can see him eating food next to their older cat, who he looks so small next to. It's just, he has been so loved in this family and is thriving and, and engaging with every single family member, the pets and the humans alike. And just seeing that and seeing just this story unfold of this tiny little cat who was crying and scared and shivering in a tunnel to now <laughs> sitting up on the lap of her husband watching TV with him and sitting on the toy like the toy truck of her son as she's taking a photo and nuzzled up in the in the arms of this huge golden retriever <laughs> to be able to have seen this whole story come full circle has just been amazing he is living his best life so what's your next running uh, plan. <laughs> Hopefully I don't have to stop to save any more cats along the way, <laughs> but I will be running Boston in 2024. So in April. And after that team pause, because of how this story has unfolded, they gave me a free entry for Chicago next year. So I'll be running Chicago 2024 and I'll be able to run for team pause again. That's awesome. I would say you you accomplished quite a lot that day, even if it wasn't some of the things you thought you were going to do when you got up that morning. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for saving Casper and making the world a better place for pets and people. Thank you. It was great to have you. I'm grateful to have been able to share this story. Thank you for being a platform for that. Thanks for joining us for our season finale of Daily Pause Presents Warm Fuzzies. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And we'd love your feedback. If you could rate this podcast and leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. You can also find us online at dailypause.com slash podcast. We hope you enjoyed this series as much as we did meeting and speaking with each of these fantastic humans and their furry friends. <laughs>